What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the program, the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is your first time listening. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We got a really dope episode for you coming at you, episode 56. But first, we got some show notes as always. If you dig what you hear, please take the time to head over to iTunes and hit the Dan Cable Presents podcast with a subscribe and a review and a five stars. That really helps shoot the podcast up in the charts and give us more national visibility. Also, you can head over to the website, dancablepresents.com, and check out a fresh baseball tee or hit the donate button with a few dollars or a lot of dollars, whatever works for you. But a free way to support the show, always hitting the subscribe across the board on the YouTube, the iTunes, the Podomatic, or wherever you're listening. It is super helpful. Um, and then also we got some some calendar dates for the weekend, some some shows to check out in the Portland area. April 28th, Friday, this Friday, we got Soul Progression and Yard Gypsy over at Trails End Saloon. Should be a good one. Uh, also, this coming Friday, if you're in the Seattle area, you head over to the moon and check out Astro Tan is heading up there at... Uh, the wonderful the wonderful moon there up in the soto neighborhood of seattle and then april 29th on on the saturday spicer brothers 29th anniversary out in oregon city there's going to be some uh, free music going down out there so go check that out also kai on the mountain at laurel thirst that's a a, a super early show that's a nooner 12 p.m. over there at the uh, the Laurel Thirst, so that should be cool. And then this Sunday, got a couple things going down on Sunday. Don't forget about the uh, Mogo Vortex Magazine uh, music marketing meetup going down at the Doug Fur. That's a free opportunity for you to get some education about music licensing. It's going to be a really cool panel that was talked about in the Chris Young episode. If you haven't checked that one out, that was episode 55, last week's episode. Lots of good feedback from that one, so thanks for the kind words. Really dope conversation I had with Chris. And uh, so so get yourself back to episode 55, check it. And then also on Sunday evening, you got uh, Hungry Hungry Hip Hop going down at Mississippi Pizza with Matt Randall and his new band, which I heard is super fresh, so please check that out. That's going to be uh, a really cool show going down on Sunday night. And uh, that's pretty much uh, the show picks for the weekend here in the Portland area, as well as uh, that Seattle show on Friday night. And then we got this episode, episode 56. This is with uh, Andy Sadow, or Andy Sadow. Never uh, never established that with the, with the dude, but... Uh, Andy is a super rad singer-songwriter from the Denver area, and he rolled through a couple weeks ago with his his super talented band and played a really cool show at the Secret Society. 
And after his set, I I snagged him. I said, let's sit down and, and have a chat. And we got on the mics and, and had a really cool conversation. And also had the opportunity to just hang out with Andy for the day. Bumming around Portland a bit. And uh, just a super good dude and super talented songwriter. And this is just one of those cool opportunities to, to talk to an artist who is not from from around these parts and and just kind of spread spread some love out to uh some different parts of the country and whatnot so uh yeah let's get into this episode this is episode 56 everybody thank you for uh keeping up if this is your first time listening thanks for tuning in this is episode 56 with andy sadow all right dudes uh andy sadow sitting, sitting with the man himself just got to See uh, you and your band destroy here in Portland. Danager. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been addressed as Danager on the podcast. That's what you are, man. That's what Andrew's been calling you all week. So yeah. you're that, Danager to me. The Hammerhead fellas is definitely like giving me the, the Danager title, which, <laughs> which I love. Uh, yeah, man, it's a pleasure to like have you come through through Portland for the first time yeah. with the band. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I know you guys are just kind of getting... This is the last show on, on the, the tour that, that you've been out on? This is the last show on the on the first Canadian run. Yeah, man. <laughs> where where did you guys... Uh, from Denver. Yeah. To start. That, yes. That's where, yep. that's where the, the band is based from. Right. And is right. that uh, your hometown and where you grew up? That's Yeah, I grew up in Louisville, just right outside of Boulder, which is probably uh, 20 minutes outside of Denver. And I've been living in Denver since I was 18 or so, and uh, that's where we all met. Actually, three of us have graduated from University of Colorado at Denver from the music program. Okay. And then uh, Todd Edmonds, the fourth guy, is from uh, the South originally, all so, over the place, and he's out here now, though, out in Denver. So you guys have been playing as, as this group for a, a while now? Uh, this incarnation of the group, I guess, is fairly new. This is Todd's first tour with us. Yeah. Um, we lost our last bass player, unfortunately, but uh, Todd's been filling in and killing it. Todd, Todd's just over there crushing. Todd, Todd, Todd is maybe the best bass player I've ever had the pleasure of playing with. Dude, the whole band is is so good. I Thank mean, you. you know, they're great. I yeah. mean, you are, you are quite the talent yourself. That you, you guys kicked it off with a song tonight. Where you laid down like this ridiculous slide guitar solo. Uh, thanks, man. And I, I think Andrew and I were just kind of like talking about it after three or four songs of past. You were like, dude, can you believe that that slide solo he just like laid down? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, how early did you start writing songs? Um, I started writing songs maybe sophomore year of high school because we had a poetry a poetry unit in our English class. And uh, we were having, you know, the top 10 students in our class got to submit our poems for a competition. Nice. And so it was war for me. I think most of the other kids didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> most of the other kids didn't this care. This is a fucking uncensored program, my okay, friend. I, can, I just want to make you sure. say whatever before. you want. Okay, okay. What I wanted to say was most of the other kids didn't give a shit. I just wanted to make sure that was okay I with you I love first. it. I love it. I One appreciate your, seven your respect words. for the program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I did. It was all-out war for me. I had to be one of those top ten. Yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't make the cut. And so I said, well, I'm not going to write anymore. And then I wrote a couple more songs. And I don't know why. I just decided to keep doing it. And uh, 
I guess it really kicked off from there. What were you uh, like exploring those first few uh, songs and and like lyric writing? What what were you kind of uh, where where was that stuff coming from? Like what were you diving Home- into? Homecoming. It was coming from Homecoming, and <laughs> there was this girl that I had the biggest crush on. She sat behind me in Spanish class. She's married now. Great gal. We're we're totally cool. But this was you know years and years ago. She sat behind me in Spanish class, and I just had the biggest crush on her. Had never, had never been this googly-eyed before, I don't think. And it was scary to talk to her. So I wrote a few songs about it. And I did talk to her. You know, we went to a, dan- we went to a homecoming dance together. Yeah. But nothing, you know, that was about where, where it ended at. But that's <laughs> where I started writing songs was, uh, you know, homecoming dates. Yeah, it seems like from, from the stuff that I've had the opportunity to check out, uh, like the records that you've put out already seem like you're one of these dudes that likes to kind of, you know, bear your soul through your, through your words and stuff. And yeah. is that, is that something that like comes pretty naturally to you? And you like, you're very willing to be vulnerable with, uh, your songwriting Re- recently. Yes. I used to hide my songs from everybody. Like I didn't want anybody to hear them. I certainly didn't want my parents to hear my emotions as a 10th grader. You know, and I remember my first couple shows I didn't want them coming to. Actually, I think my first real show was opening for Andrew Harrison, who is in one of the bands tonight. Um, and it was at like a church or something, and I didn't want my parents to go, you know, but, or, or anybody really. I just wanted to go play my songs. But I think now it's, it's a lot easier because I just, um, I, don't, I don't try to force anything. You know, it's um, sometimes it comes quickly. Sometimes I'm working on six songs at once you know, in the backyard, and I've got a rock holding them all down, and and I just, I don't try to write for anything at this point in my life. I'm just writing because that's the emotion. Yeah. It might be about a love song, it might be about a politic, or it might be about um, a moment in time. You know, one of the new ones we played tonight, Directions to the Moon, literally just captures a moment in time in that feeling, and it's just a still moment. So I think lately I've been trying not to force anything and just let it come to me and that's where the vulnerability comes out and it's okay you know so I don't yeah. have to play it for anybody if I don't want to yeah absolutely it's nice when things come and come together organically they absolutely. seem they seem to have like a, a different energy to them when it when it's not so forced and you just like let things happen and let those pieces come together over time if they need to absolutely yeah um yeah, are you are you always writing from like personal experience? Is that is that where most of it is coming from, or or do you, do you kind of like to bounce around in different realms of it? Or yeah, not always. I think lately, yes, um, but not always. I think everything is autobiographical to an extent. Yeah. Whether if it's just your characters or your next door neighbors or or whatever. Yeah. I think every you know it is to an extent. Um, I think everything draws from a real emotion. It might be a true story. It might be a fabricated story. It might be something that hasn't happened to me, but I, but I at least feel it, you know? Yeah. Maybe embellishing a few things to make it a little more uh, compelling. <laughs> I've been known to do that a few times. <laughs> That's a part of it. That's, That's part right. of being a, a good songwriter sometimes, knowing where, where to do that kind of stuff. We have to entertain. And uh, is a piano first instrument? Because I know tonight you played a little bit of piano as well as um, mostly playing the 
the lead guitar and tonight was the least amount of piano I've ever played in a set. Oh wow! Um, you know, I don't know. I it's weird. So I, I started off as a classical piano player uh, since I was very young, and I did that, and I you know did some competitions and stuff, and just did, that was kind of my thing. And I was playing some saxophone as well through high school. And then uh, I decided to major in music performance, and I decided to switch gears and do jazz piano. But I also wanted to start playing guitar, so I took all the guitar major classes at the university, which kind of sucked because I couldn't read music on guitar. Uh, so I would like tab out all the Bach inventions, and it took me a lot longer. But um, weirdly enough, though, piano is probably my primary instrument. You know, that's my weapon of choice. Uh, guitar is what I write on more often, and okay. I think it's just because I can sit out in the backyard on the cement bench with a guitar. You don't have to be tied down to a, right. a piano. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I love them both. I love them both. You know, is that that the the guitar is though like probably more where the where the songwriting started then? Yeah, so, yeah. Most of the songs I guess are written on guitar. I'd like to change that, but I'm a little more comfortable on piano, so it's a weird. Uh, Push well, and pull it's, thing. It's nice that you have that uh, that option yeah. to kind of bounce back and forth and and see where each of those lead. It's been a nice, um, I guess, maybe a stage gimmick or a little weapon to pull out where we play a lot of guitar songs and then go sit down on the piano and do something hard hitting, you know, um, with some improvisational stuff to just try and throw the crowd in a completely other direction you know so it's been used for that recently but i like to write on both i like to have both there well it's even cool. yeah like even tonight you guys did that that like instrumental beatles cover basically like, yeah which yeah, is yeah. very cool like spin on that thank you and i love how you introduced it like this is a beatles song i wrote <laughs> <laughs> my bandmates laugh at it because i tell that joke almost every night yeah. and it wasn't it was funny at first and then it wasn't funny and now it's become funny again to my bandmates because they're just like, is he really going to tell He's that joke again? He's going to do it again, yeah. But, you know, they see me every night. So, you yeah, know. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, okay. uh, I, I really appreciated uh, not only, like, the musicianship, and the, but your, your stage presence and banter is a, is a lot of fun. Like, I think it pe keeps people, like, engaged. And, like, even though sometimes you're dealing with, like, some serious topics of, of what you're, you're delivering through the song, like, Right. You're definitely up there, like having fun and letting everybody else know that, like, it's okay to like just let's have a good time, let's dance a little bit, and absolutely, it very much comes across in the performance. So it was very cool to finally get to see you play some music because I've I've heard nothing but good things from from Andrew and just geeking out on the records and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely had something to say that that is completely uh, <laughs> left me. So so hopefully that that will come back to me. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I've lost that's, it. That's okay. I've you know, we'll it, we'll loop around. We'll we, find it again. We will. We will. It's because you were looking at me wearing your shirt <laughs> and you were impressed by your no, beard you were, on my you shirt you were rocking the shit out of that dan cable presents baseball <laughs> team and you can find those dan cable presents baseball tees on the internets hit me with uh hit me with that 15 dollars they're 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 fresh they're that's fresh right, that's right and i and i will be repping this all over denver it's confusing me right now i played baseball through high school you know I'm a ba i love baseball I've seen a game at every professional ballpark. Oh. Huge baseball fanatic. Are you serious? Yes, I'm very serious. That's so serious. rad. I have a, uh, I have one of these, uh, these oh my Chicago God. Cubs right. tattoos. Oh, fuck the Cubs, but 
I'm well, sorry, what? Okay, my family's all from Ohio, you know, so I, yeah, I yeah. love the Rockies. Oh, I love their, the Reds and the Indians. Heartbreaker game Ooh. seven. And, I mean, you know, like how everyone thinks the Cubs deserved it more than the Indians. Just really, just really rough, roughs me up a little bit. It's cool. We're friends, but. Uh, but. Cleveland, you choked a dick. That's okay, so we can say all kinds of <laughs> shit on this podcast. Oh, you can say whatever you want. This is completely, <laughs> completely all free. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, these are baseball shirts. Yes. And uh, actually, I remember Andrew used to rock these baseball shirts back in the day. And so it's still confusing for me. I haven't worn one in a while because I'm not sure if I want to wear it long sleeve or short sleeve. And especially in Portland, you know, it's really hot and then it's raining. And I, I don't know what to do with it. I think the half sleeve is a good solution. Uh, I have figured out what that other question was through our baseball. Oh, tangent. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's but do it. But now I have to know, like, what's, what's the baseball park that's really stood out for you? Like, well, you know, I'm biased to the Cincinnati Reds because that's, you know, my, my dad raised me being a huge Reds fan. So I'm a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. Um, and I love their ballpark, being on the river. My favorite new ballpark is probably San Francisco. That's They've a killer one, man. Killer I've, ne- I've never actually been inside for a game, but I have like walked around, and it's just like the location, sitting on the water like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And uh, when we went, I believe Bonds was still playing. They were playing the oh, Cincinnati nice. Reds. They had Adam Dunn and Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, and every, damn. you know Sean Casey, and the Reds had a ten-run inning. So I had a ball. Oh, that's awesome. But of the old stadiums, I got to say, Boston Red Sox, okay, beautiful, beautiful old stadium, the history. The the wall, man, the green green monster. monster. How do you beat that? And Well, a close second was the Poison Ivy. You know, the Cubbies, man, great stadium. I really feel this special. I've had the opportunity, uh, including last year, for the the winning season, I got to go to a game last year. Awesome. And I've been to a game. A few times prior. I've never seen uh, them win at home. I've seen them oh, win no. in L.A. against the Dodgers a few times, but I've never seen any Chicago sports team win in Chicago, and I'm, I'm a huge Chicago sports Are you from there? Not. I'm not, but my dad grew up uh, in Gary, Indiana, which is just outside of Chicago, and uh, so I've, I've had the opportunity to go see, like, the Bears play, and I'm a right. huge hockey fan, so, like, the Blackhawks are a you big know, deal to me. Hey, and Denver, University of Denver won the national championship last night for hockey. I watched right. it. They Denver, crushed it. I should have that should have been my comeback line in Canada because I I always poke fun at people wherever we go. You know, I call you a Canuck or whatever. Like I just I just have fun with that, get the audience involved. And every night we played in Canada, you know, for our, our week there or whatever, we somebody came up every night and was like, Yeah, well the avalanche suck. Even if it wasn't provoked, they would just walk up to me and say that. You can't even argue that this year though. Yeah, like, no, you can't. Real terrible. You can't real terrible. Right. They are really bad. It was I should have like come bad back with an avalanche, like below bad this year. I don't I don't know what happened. I, I got to play a, a private party at Adam Foote's house. What? Yeah, for his Shout uh, out when to his number jersey got retired. Adam Foot. That's I know right. my hockey man. <laughs> he was a huge Steve Miller fan, <laughs> and he has a he has a garage for his Zamboni and an ice rink in the backyard. Dude, that is wild. It was wild. Um, all right, back to the music shit. Back to the music. Um, how much? Because obviously you have this great band that you're playing with. Right. How much of the production, like when you when you're recording? Are you responsible for? Are you taking care of? Are you, are you just laying down like the keys and the guitar and the vocals and everybody else is 
laying down their parts, or, or do you participate in other parts of the instrumental production? It's, it's changed a few times over the years. Um, you know, I, I used to do a lot of arranging stuff for everybody, and with this band, and even our, you know, our last bass, play, bass player, Seth, who was killer, Yeah. Um, it was a lot of everybody, I would bring the song to the table, and everyone was kind of writing their own parts, and I would have some ideas sometimes, but then they would have ideas too. Be like, Andy, why don't you... Um, you know, play your instrument a little bit less and, and just play a color tone or, or, or sit out on this line or whatever. There's a lot of cool... It's become kind of a band, you know, where, yes, I am... I guess I'm kind of running the show, but these guys are putting in so much input musically, and I couldn't do it without them, you know? They're, they're, so they're very much a part of, like, what you do now. Oh, yeah, they're, they're uh, amazing musicians. I haven't played with this good of a group before. Um, and, and even when I throw curveballs, curveballs, like ask him to do a, uh, a sex music and F so yeah, I dude. can strip. So you can that, strip and show everybody what that, that Dan Cable presents baseball to you. Exactly. So I, I can put that, on this shirt on that stage. That was the first. I, that was beautiful. It was, it was impulsive. And, you know, a lot of bands wouldn't have been able to pull that off. These guys were just like sex music and F. Yeah, yeah. You're just like right away, dude. That's, that's really cool. It, when it felt you, like a late night show vibe. It's very cool, like, when you have that ability like those types of players that are just like gonna be it's, like yep let's do that it's it's really great and on this last record that we just finished we're still recording i guess it'll be out in the fall um it's gonna be called directions to the moon and it was it was uh, produced by chris daniels um who's a he's been in the denver scene forever he teaches at the university we all went to um and he's his band chris daniels and the kings is phenomenal like a funk blues soul kind of thing he's a great songwriter he produced it, and it was weird, you know, I guess really relinquishing all creative things in the studio to where he might, and he didn't change us too much, but where it, he would hear something and be like, let's try this, and normally I'd be like, uh, I don't know, but with Chris, I said, I'm going to try everything that he says, and he had so many great ideas, and it, you know, it lets you realize the beauty of collaboration in music. Yeah, I've been, uh, I think that's been something that's been coming up on the, on the podcast recently with... Right. With bands of of just uh, people being willing to like kind of let go some of some of the control, and right. seeing like what that dynamic brings out. So, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing because I think for a long time I've always been defensive. Like if you want something done right, you're gonna do it yourself, and other people don't care as much about your product as you do. And and while that might be true, to a certain extent. Um, there comes a point where you have to relinquish, I think, some creativity because you can't do it all yourself. And there's ideas that Luke and Troy and Todd and our last bass player, Seth, and the producer, Chris, um, have come up with that just like, man, if, if, if I was calling all the shots on this 100%, it would not sound anywhere near this good. Um, so collaboration is a... It's also a vulnerable thing, you know, like the songwriting, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to fall backwards you know, catch, catch me in the most comfortable way you see fit, you yeah. know? <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, is there a new single available from the new record that's going to come out? Yeah, and, and, and funnily enough, it's not going to be the quote-unquote single, um, but we had an opportunity to put a track on this uh, compilation record um, that's being distributed to a lot of folks, and this was the track that was the most done. Um, so nice. we finished it up, and sent that, uh, sent that off. It's called Who I Want to Be. 
I wrote it um, on New Year's Eve, or the day before New Year's Eve, about a year ago, and it was just sort of about everything's going to be okay. Because you sit there with the New Year's resolutions and wonder, like, what's, what am, am I going to lose 10 pounds this year? <laughs> you know? um, am I going to stop being such a pushover? Whatever it is. And uh, it was just this reassurance of one day I'll be who I want to be and just go with the flow. Right you know? on. And yep. it's called Who I Want to Be? Who I Want to Be. And it's, uh, it's up on SoundCloud right now. And we're going to insert it right here into this conversation. Boom, I we're love that. We're just going to drop it right here. We're going to get into Who I Want to Be. And then we're going to get back to this lovely conversation. <laughs> so this is uh, Andy Sadu and his, his lovely band with a song called Who I Want to Be. Thanks so much. Boom. New Year's Day is a day away. Everyone drinks and celebrates. All the angry kids go back to school Now it's got me thinking about All the things that have come about And all the things that I still want to do Maybe things didn't quite work out The way I thought and it makes me doubt It's like it's all a game I'm bound to lose It's time to forgive All my weak time to move on It's time to say fairly well And I know In time I'll be Who I want to be Little regrets and big mistakes that I don't take to be as little as they are But as I get older I realize that it don't matter It's all gonna be just like it is I guess next year all I really need is to see what's right in front of me But sometimes I want a little more It's time to forgive all my weaknesses It's time to move on It's time to say fairly well And I know In time I'll be Who I want That was uh, Who I Want to Be from Andy Sado. That was uh, a fake commercial break, Dan, and you know it. Don't tell the listeners, okay, man. Okay. <laughs> Let's just pretend that we both sat here and listened to the song together okay. and enjoyed it. 
I, I have the. Uh, it's it's really fun to like just kind of snag you right after you performed off the stage because yeah, right. I I had such like a fresh look of, of what what you guys do and just such a solid performance, man. You guys, thank you, thank just you. Just a really cool show. Um, how many? How long have you guys been going out on these uh, these tour runs? Um, I guess this is the last couple years. Um, I've been trying to hit markets repeatedly you know when you go somewhere new i've been finding that waiting two to three to four months is better than waiting a year because if nobody knows who you are yeah in my case no one's gonna remember in a year so we've been going out on week or two week long runs fairly frequently the last couple years to try and get the word out and um i've been fucking it up so far you know i've made so many mistakes i could write a book on how not to go on tour, um, <laughs> but I, I'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> no, that's that's um, I guess where I wanted to go next. Like, do you feel like every time you go out, you learn something new about about the adventure, or like uh, about what to not do next time, or is there just like a lot of variables that you can't control? Yeah, uh, yes, there absolutely is, and I learn so much every time. Um, from the standpoint of how to promote, from the standpoint of how to book, from the standpoint of how to treat your band. You know, we went through a phase where it was maybe trying to be a democracy band and we decided, you know, on maybe we weren't exactly sure what was going on there. And we went through some moments where it's been completely me in charge and maybe that doesn't quite work either. So we've had to, f I've learned a lot about touring with other people. Um, I don't, I don't want to be anyone's dad. I just want to go out and drink with the rest of the band. Yeah. But at the same time, you have somebody's got to be, be the leader. You have to be principal a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I, I had to make it clear to the guys on this last run, like, hey, we don't take pot across state lines, especially across the border into Canada. Oh yeah, we dude. were stopped for three hours at the border in the whole nine, and we have somebody with a very minor criminal record in the band. Nothing bad, just a pot charge. Yeah, but they're they're very like stiff about that shit. So you know, yeah, and so I, I had to sort of lay down the hammer there. Whereas I would like to just get out of the car and smoke it with them. Yeah, I had to be kind of like, hey, you know, it's it's a gig fine if 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 you get caught with it, and I promise you, we'll get offered it everywhere we go, and we do. Yeah, you know, it's an after show sort of thing, um, and especially I guess like coming from a place like Denver where it's so free and. And completely legalized. It's so free. You get used to that, I think. And yeah. like, especially, I mean, here in Oregon as well, like, and through the Northwest, you get you get kind of used to like just like, oh, it's no big deal to like take this cross straight lines. But you have to you have to really remember like when you know you get into places like Texas and stuff like that. Like it's Kansas, a whole fucking, Nebraska. That's a whole different it could game. Could be a like, felony. That's you some know? shit where you can like really get yourself in trouble, which would be like right. a real bummer. To like be out on the road and have to deal with with shit like that. It's yeah, and, and it's just a precaution. But I've learned a lot from that, and and I don't want to. I, j I just want to have fun with everybody. But then you do have to sort of set some guidelines. And in terms of booking, it's tough. I booked plenty of four hour gigs at dive bars that three people show up to, and I kill my voice on on the set. And and it's, I mean, it's a ton of fun. But, you know, we end up spending way more money on drinks at the bar than we made that night. Right. And there's just a lot of lessons to be learned there about how to book it, how to then promote it. And I'd be lying if I said I figured it out because, my God, I, I've 
I haven't, but well, I'm sure I, it's I'm just like anything. Stuff. Like yeah. it's just a process, and you're only gonna get better at it. And right. There are always gonna be those variables that you can't control. Like sometimes you're gonna run into shitty weather, and people aren't gonna show up to a show. Right. Stuff like that. But, but exactly. Yeah. Well, we're happy that you made it made it through Portland for the, for the first time. We're, this is the most fun we've had the, on the whole run, so we're <laughs> so happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the most recent release that's that's out, which is uh, called A Little Messed Up. Yes, uh, A Little Messed Up. It's it's in you know the first line of the first song, Alibi. My favorite jam in the Andy Sado uh, catalog at the moment, for the moment, is is Alibi. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm so Thanks. stoked you, you guys played that tonight, and you well, gave me a special shout-out. When you mentioned the song over, over, I don't know if it was over email or whatever, I told the guys, I said, all right, we got to do it. We got to do it for Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that this record, I didn't want to make this record. Um, I wanted to make another full length, a full band production. And my buddy Nick Clark, um, he said, man, I want to produce an EP for you. And uh, his producer name is actually Tennessee Grape Joy. That's so we have a joke good. with our group of friends in Denver. We all have producer names. So Nick's been producing a bunch of records under Tennessee Grape Joy. Fuck yeah. Um, That's it, awesome. It's, it, you know, it's, it's cool. But I, I didn't want to do it because I said I want to do a full production, a real a full band, the whole thing, horns, whatever. Yeah. And Nick goes, man, let's just cut these songs down as raw as they can. And I finally said, okay. Fine. I think he offered to do it for free or something, and I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I'm so glad I did. It's the most happy I've been with a record. Um, it really f- focuses on the song. There's no full band on anything. You know, there's some percussion from my roommate, Kevin McHugh, who's in a band called Grant Farm. Um, they've been they've played in Portland quite a bit. They've played a bunch of shows with uh, Fruition around the country. Oh, and stuff, nice, so. man. And they're, uh, they're actually playing Red Rocks this summer, opening for String Cheese Incident. Oh. So big shout-out to Grant Farm. Congrats That's on that rad, gig. dude. But so he, he did a bunch of stuff on the record. And Nick and our buddy Curtis Hawkins played some bass, but it was pretty uncut, you know, yeah, where man. it was just us really focusing on on the song and 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 not the not necessarily the solo or what or the ar- arrangement even but just the song the lyrics absolutely so. i think falcon heart just got done crushing it in there yeah man i've been having trouble listening to you because they're they're fucking killing it yeah there. all like i don't know gene gene on the uh on the violin in there just like always steals the show for me she's she just absolutely destroys it's brilliant yeah, it's a um, great build tonight but yeah uh alibi great jam it's one of those songs so that much. like has has those lines that like by the first time i hear it i'm singing along by the third chorus and and just kind of uh just some lines that like really stick with me like the uh i'm all alone i guess is this what they call happiness and right. also the uh waiting for my paradise all i need is an alibi like sure just some really cool lines man thank that you i really appreciate and um i think that was probably the first jam that i heard uh, when being introduced to you, and uh, like immediately, I was like, "Oh, this is this gives me like the feels of Jason Isbell, who I'm oh, such a I such a big Jason. fan of." Thank you man. so much. And, and like, I just kind of got those vibes right away, and and just like through some of your storytelling and the way you do that, like I definitely appreciate that. And uh, you played another song tonight uh, called "Places I've Been with My Ex Girlfriend," yes, which is. Uh, <laughs> Which is like one of those uh, serious but lighthearted songs. It seems like that, yeah, like you kind of deliver it in a, a satirical way in in some parts of it. Um, I wrote it on Valentine's Day. 
you know, actually, it, and it started off as a very serious song. It was supposed to be like, in the places I've been with my ex-girlfriend. And I realized I just couldn't say it and not laugh. And I was kind of pissed off when I was writing the song, you know, in that yeah. emotional space. So it's supposed to be serious. And then I just wrote a couple silly verses. Yeah, and, like, and then it ended up being the song. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, and now she shacks up with some fucker named Dave. Like, I love that part, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's so cool because I think that's just like, such a relatable thing too you know like absolutely after you've been with somebody and uh like you start going towards like through some of those other places like like through some of those familiar places even with other people it right. just kind of seems to have a different essence to it and a different yeah. vibe and you're, you're just kind of hard to avoid falling into that yeah it, so it i think is. it's a very cool song in, in a very good way to like represent those experiences oh, so thank you just another jam i really dig off that thanks so much and, man. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah man um also you played like some crazy like jerry lee lewis fucking solo at the end of that song tonight dude what the uh, fuck was that well we, he's getting real wild it was amazing <laughs> you know when we do the four hour sets we have to do a lot of boogie woogie because um, that's where I think I come from originally, you know, where I, I first started resonating with the piano was the New Orleans music, the Dr. John, the Henry Butler, the John Cleary, the James Booker, all that stuff. Um, and then Boogie Woogie. And, and, and so when we do these shorter sets, the 45 minute or an hour, we throw in one in a really weird spot just so it just throw, you know, throws the audience off, I guess, do something different. But um, I, I've I guess I came up doing a lot of boogie woogie piano, and I love that stuff. It's got a, it'll always have a special place in my heart. We don't do it a ton now, but yeah. um, I love I love the boogie, you know. That's awesome, dude. Uh, just one other like song reference I have for you. You didn't play this song tonight, I don't think, but uh, you have it loosely. the The lyric is uh, you you wrote a religious song and lost half your fans. Yes. And, uh, where where does uh, something like that line come from? Um, uh, shit, what song is that? Oh, another love song. Yeah. Um, I think I, I've been writing a lot about being a performer, or I went through a phase where I was, and you and you think about things like that. Is some people write a topical song as a as a statement? Some people will write one because they mean it. Uh, and, and and sometimes it goes over well. Sometimes it doesn't. I know Jason Isbell. We were just talking about him. His new single, Hope the High Road, came out about a week ago. And it's so Springsteen, man. I haven't heard it yet. It's killer. Ah, and and, and he says, it. you know, I've had enough of the white man's blues. And he, and he says, uh, my favorite line was, last year was a son of a bitch for nearly everyone we know. <laughs> and, and I read all the reviews on it, and it was a ton of people criticizing him because they said, oh, we used to like Jason, then he became a liberal, or whatever, just tons of one-star critiques. And... Um, it's a tough thing to sometimes just speak your mind and say, well, I don't give a fuck what you think because w no matter what side of it you're coming from or what the topic is, I, I kind of admire people who have the balls to do that, you know? Yeah, because it's, it's so authentic and, right. and I don't know. It's, it's nice to see someone being completely truthful about how they feel about something. And if, a, if you're going to catch a bunch of backlash for that, then... Who cares? Like we don't want your money anyway. Yeah, like you don't you don't want those people. Like th that's right. ridiculous, you know. Right. Um, well, cool, man. I'm glad we got to uh, to chat a little bit, like after yeah. post show, and kind of snag you for a few minutes and 
pick your brain a little bit about your, your songwriting process. And thank you. I've, yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed, uh, I've had the opportunity to kind of like hang with you for the, like the day and stuff. And it's been, been cool getting to, to connect with you and stuff. And just super rad, dude. I look forward to the, the new record that you're going to put out. Right. And, uh, where can, where can people keep up with, uh, what you and the band are doing? Well, so we've got a www. There's three W's. W. Right? Yeah, w. Yeah. W. <laughs> Thanks dot, for including the W's. That's all the W's. Dot uh, dot com, and that's S Y D O W. And then we've got a, a Facebook um, and an Instagram, and that's all just Andy Sitto Music. Um, and that's you know we try to keep it updated. Um, we've got an email list on the website, and you can find out about what's going on right there. Rad dude. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out, and thanks for coming through Portland and putting on a, a great show for these people. It, Everybody seemed to really enjoy your set tonight, so thank hope you. that you uh, you guys keep coming on back and we get to hang out more in the future, man. Absolutely, and and thank you so much for uh, putting together this bill. A uh, million thanks, and, and also to, to Andrew Harrison and Hammerhead. He was Hammerhead. one of my in influences for wanting to learn how to play guitar back in middle school. That's so cool, uh, man. That's, that's, that's such a cool connection, and it's so fun to like make these connections with people like all over the country, and it feels like it feels nice to be able to like reach out to people when you're thinking about going to these different cities, and it's, now it's just like, oh, now we can hit up Andy and like see see. If we got a place to crash or Absolutely. a venue you to do. play at. You do. Whatever, you got a place you know? to crash. So, so very cool <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, usually we end each episode of the podcast with the guest saying, it's a program. So if you could just give us a strong, it's a program, we can properly. Uh, and, and are you mispronouncing that on purpose with yeah, the U kinda, in, I kinda do instead it, of an A? Uh, it kind of just happened, but it happens because it's, it's kind of the way my, my grandpa says program. You know, like he always says program. Like, oh, let's check out the program, you know? Right, so right, right. It's, it's, uh, it's become this, uh, this goofy little staple of each podcast and kind of the tagline for Dan Cable Presents. So I can do it. Let's need to give it a good one. Danager Cable. It's a program. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> We're going to play this episode out with uh, Alibi. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys this. Please check out Annie's music and uh, check out the band if you're in the Denver area. Show some love to these guys, and uh, thank, thanks to you all for, for tuning in. If you dig what you hear, please hit the episode, the podcast, with a five-star review on iTunes. That helps shoot this to the top of the charts, and then we get more national visibility for the artists that come through and all that good jibber-jabber. Uh, and I think that's it. Thanks, Dan. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Uh, catch you on the flip side, Portland. Everyone knows I'm a little messed up Put Baileys in my coffee as a cover-up Leave the house and pretend I care Get to work and pretend I'm there I try seeing things in a different in the same damn bar on a different night I'm all alone again, I guess Is this what they call happiness?
Shit got real when I found my home Dreaming in my bedroom all alone Close my eyes to protect my pride Keep that crazy fool inside Sometimes people just piss me off It's a program.